it. Praise the Lord, everyone. Uh-uh. You know that ain't enough for me. Look, he just went to a, he went to a cross. He died a painful death. And that's about all you can muster up. Lord of Lord, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, the everlasting Father. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. say something I don't try to incite anybody but hear me when I say this we stand in our and we worship man we stand in the hockey arena and we stand there and we worship our hockey team when it's for football we're up there worshiping our team when it's time for the football that Brother Bowen knows for soccer, we're up there worshiping our team. But they didn't come and die for me and my sin. Only Jesus came and died for me and you. He deserves all your praise. Hallelujah! It's like fire! Shut up! In my bones! I love the presence of God. You know, when you've been pulled out of the pits of hell, like I've been pulled out of the pits of hell, I've got to praise. i got to praise and i got to get it out. Sometimes I just can't get enough. I gotta praise and I gotta get it out. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but I've gotta praise and I've gotta get it out. You know? Go with it. Praise 
Lord, oh my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Oh, hallelujah. in just a moment but let me just real quick say welcome to Steve and Nicole it's good to have you back in the house of the Lord with us eh? I want to welcome my brother-in-law James it's good to have him with us today Gwen I'd like to welcome Gwen Winfield with us today certainly good to have her in the house of the Lord with us today And every one of you, welcome to Grace Gospel Worship Center. Amen. Actually, uh, brother and sister Kager couldn't have um, probably given me any uh, better gift than to be here with us today. May the Lord richly bless you, love you all. And I love each and every one of you in the house of the Lord. These are two of our best, the finest Prince George's County police officers. Amen. Keisha, my friend, my friend that God has healed, healed from cancer. Ah, thank you, Jesus. best man right here. Soon to be best in matrimony. In Jesus name. Good to have you. Good to have you all. God bless you. The Lord is good. He is good. I know I stand between you and your Thanksgiving dinners. Oh, oh that's right. Easter dinner. I better get my time. Uh, I'm giving thanks because he rose. I don't know what y'all kind of dinner you're having, but I am having a Thanksgiving dinner because he's no longer in the grave. He is risen. Ah, that's what happens when you do drugs, kids. Don't do no drugs. You'll be all right. Stand with me for the reading of the word of God for just a, I'm not going to tell you, I'm, gonna, I'm not sure how long this will take, but just bear with me. 
I love each and every one of you. I appreciate each and every one of you for being in the house of the Lord today. I, I know that service seems long to some of you. But my Bible tells me that hell is a place of gnashing of teeth. It's a place that no man wants to go. And so while I'm here on earth, he said that when we get up to heaven, the angels always have to worship him. I'm practicing my worship down here. So when I get up there, it will just be natural. I'll be walking down the streets of gold. I don't know what kind of streets y'all walk down, but when I get to the streets of gold and the walls of Jasper, I just want to rub my hand and give him glory and give him praise and give him worship. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I'm going to try to narrow it in. Y'all got to reel me in sometime. Turn with me to Mark 15, 1 through 15. We have it electronically. If you're here with a Bible, say amen. amen. The Bible says, And straightway in the morning the chief priest held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council and bound Jesus and carried him away and delivered him to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Art thou the king of Jews? Jesus answering said unto them, You sayest it. Not I. The chief priest accused him of many things, but he answered nothing against the accusations. And Pilate asked him again, saying, Answerest thou nothing? Behold, how many things they have witnessed against you. But Jesus yet answered nothing, so that Pilate marveled with someone not defending himself. Now at the feast, he released unto them one prisoner, whomsoever they desired. And there was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them that had made insurrection with him, who had committed murder in the insurrection. And the multitude crying aloud began to desire him to do as he had ever done unto them. But Pilate answered them, saying, Will ye that I release this murderer? Or actually, let me re go back to the word of God. Will ye that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Now comes it. For he knew that the chief priest had delivered him for envy. But the chief priest moved the people. That he should rather release Barabbas unto them, the murderer. And Pilate answered and said un again unto them. What will ye then that I shall do unto him whom ye call king of Jews and they cried they cried out again crucify him Pilate said unto them why what evil now, now Pilate, Pilate had come to a place that even the accusations didn't sound right like there was no
He had opened the blinded eyes. He healed a woman that had an issue of blood for 12 long years. He put mud, spit in mud, put mud on the blinded eye, and blinded eyes opened up. Delivered the demonic in the cemetery. Released him of all the legions. And yet, he wouldn't stand up and go, did I not? Did I not do this? What you accuse me of? Ah, he kept his mouth shut. Pilate said unto them, why? I don't even see the evil he hath done. They cried out, the more exceedingly crucify him. And so Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had been scourged, beaten. After they had beaten him to be crucified. John 18, 39 and 40 said, But ye have a custom that I should release unto you one at the Passover. Will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? And then cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Title today would be, They cried, Crucify him. Crucify him. May be seated. We don't know a whole lot about Barabbas. The scripture indicates that he is a prisoner and on death row with a sentence of death. But the governor Pilate had decided to turn the stages by listening to the crowd, the political crowd. Here on my right side, I have Jesus, the King of the Jews, who is known for healing, delivering ministering to the multitudes and here on my left I have Barabbas the prisoner who is known for murdering people stealing from others and leading a rebel insurrection who do you want me to release was his response this wasn't even a comparison when you try to compare between Jesus who healed people and Barabbas, who murdered and stole from people. What has Jesus done wrong except heal the sick and open the eyes of the blinded and set the captives free? Pilate had the audacity to measure him up against Barabbas, who deserves judgment. He was a murderer, a thug, a thief, a bad person. Barabbas must have thought after the people began to chant for him, that he was very well liked. Wasn't that what the flesh would do? Oh, they want me. I'm the one that robbed them, stole from them, killed some of their own family, and yet they want me over Jesus. He must have thought how loved he was as they begin to chant Barabbas over Jesus. I must admit through all my years of living for God, I always overlooked this part regarding the story of the trial of Jesus. I always looked at the fact that the people wanted a thug 
over a savior. I always looked with frustration that the people didn't see that their Messiah was the one that they just judged. The innocence of Jesus and how he never said a word to defend himself. Accuse me and I'm going to fight my battle. Would you not? Would you not try to defend yourself when I come against you and try to put false accusations against you? Would you not say, ah, oh, wait a minute. I wasn't there. I got a witness. I didn't do that. That wasn't me. Wrong person, wrong identity. That wasn't me. But Jesus stood there and let him make the accusations. He knew why he had come. He came for all mankind. You know, I often wonder why didn't he just why didn't he just go ahead and lay down? Because the Bible said he was the perfect lamb. Right? If he could give life, if he could open the blinded eyes. Hear me. If he could pardon, if he could heal the issue of blood. Then why didn't he just lay down and give his life? Because it said there had to be a sacrifice. Yes, sir. <laughs> the days of old, they had to go to the priest with an animal. Here's my goat for my sin for the past six months. Priest, I want you to slit its throat, put it on the altar and say a prayer for me. Priest would say that will That'll carry you on for another six months, maybe eight months, or maybe four months, whatever. How long that, sac that certain sacrifice he said I had to bring. But the Bible says he was the perfect lamb of God. Amen. No blemish. That was the same thing that when you presented a sacrifice, it couldn't have no imperfection. You couldn't just bring just any old thing. In the old days, I would try to just bring any old praise and worship. Uh, huh? I'd bring just any kind. I didn't feel like it. I might just raise one hand. I'd give them the Holy Ghost wave. Right? They, I, I, we, I felt like I could just come in the way. Oh, I even, look, there were days that I would go out and smoke and drink and then come into the house of God. Bold. Bold. Just saying, bold enough to come in and still without repenting. No fear. You can't just come bring any sacrifice, any praise and worship to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. History gives us no record of him ever taking any acknowledgement of what happened that day regarding Jesus. But that was not all there was to see in this brief moment of Barabbas being chosen over Jesus. Because you see, Jesus knew that Barabbas would not even turn to him and thank him. Jesus could have defended himself. But Barabbas didn't even turn around and say thank you. 
That's the way it is sometimes in my life. I'm just going to use me so no one get offended. I know how it is. We, we start, I start talking about you all. Y'all get mad at me. But th- I know how it is, right, be, be, to come into the house of God and not even think about being right before God. Coming into the house of God. Been out drinking all night long. Coming into the house of God. I, I, I certainly probably not raising my hands at that point because I'm still dealing with the hangover, right? But I would come and I would just sit there. Half time I'd doze off. Can I get a witness? Anybody else been there? Anybody else attended church like that? Good. Amen. At least got some real people. Honest people. That's what God's looking for. Honest people. Say, I'm a wretched sinner. Stinking, nasty, ugly. I just need you, Lord. I need nothing but you. I'm unworthy to even speak your name. But because of the blood that was shed on Calvary, it gives me the right to speak the name of Jesus. into the house of God and just when y'all get cold just wave your hand up there it's hotter up there just wave your hand they'll turn the air down nothing you're gonna wait until cold y'all turning the air down and turn it up that way it'll go off in the back a little chilly in the back no well unless they get cold up here don't look like no one cold up here yet you're freezing oh Keisha's cold just bump her up. So I gotta, I gotta come back to my notes now. I've done lost the whole train of my thought. You see, Jesus knew that Barabbas would never turn and thank him. Jesus knew that the people would choose the thug over the healer, but did not make Jesus. It did not make Jesus stop this rebellion against him. Instead, he did not. He did what no. One expected him to do except God, and that was to be silent. And the part that I always missed until recently was that Barabbas didn't know that he was the recipient of the great exchange of God's judgment for grace. He didn't even know that he had just received grace at that very moment. What is so powerful is that Jesus knew that the Father had to treat Jesus like Barabbas so that God could treat Barabbas like Jesus. I'll say it again. Barabbas, uh, so you see, uh, uh, let me go back. What is so powerful is that Jesus knew that the Father had to treat Jesus like Barabbas so that God could treat Barabbas like Jesus. He loved him so much that he stood in silence as the accusers requested Jesus to be crucified. Barabbas is an amazing illustration of a man who did nothing on his own account to set himself free. Amen. He demonstrated no faith, no acknowledgement, and received his own freedom. When I look at the story of Barabbas, I realize who Barabbas really is. He is me. He is you. He is all of us. 
Jesus loved Barabbas. Even though he was a thug and a murderer and a rebel, Jesus still loved him. Oh, but Jesus knew that Barabbas would turn and follow him. No, he didn't. We find no record that he in Scripture that he ever turned his life back to Christ. It shows us that we don't have to have it all together before we come to him. A lot of us think I've got to have everything in place. I remember I used to say, you know, when I quit smoking, maybe when I quit drinking, when I keep quit doing drugs, when I quit womanizing, when I quit this, when I quit that, I'm coming to the Lord. When I get good, let me tell you something. You get God to get good. I can't get good without God. I tried everything you can imagine to get rid of cigarettes. and I don't know what I did to try to stop drinking. Probably nothing, but I, I thought in my mind I was trying to stop drinking. Tried to kill myself overdosing on cocaine. Now, uh, did a nine, almost. If, it, if you know what, it went, and that's before it was cut. So, because I was a dealer, I was able to buy it pure to cut it down, make more money, but I got stupid. And so on goes from there, about die. Hear me when I say, sometimes we think we can come, that we got to have everything together, but I'm here to tell you, all Jesus is looking for is someone with a willing heart that says, Lord, forgive me. I come unto you unperfect. Lord, not, not worthy of your spirit and your power, but I ask you to forgive me. I thought I had to be perfect. I thought I had to have everything in place, everything in order. I thought I had to be able to love my wife, love my children, and reverence the Lord. But all the Lord was looking for was some Barabbas like me to come in and get down. And ask him to forgive me of my sin. But Barabbas never did. Jesus loved Barabbas as he was. And Jesus loves you and I as we are. The Bible says, even though we were yet sinners, Jesus died for us. Oh, but preacher, you, you, you're talking about little silly sins. That is what the scripture is talking about. No, no it isn't talks about as the crowd was choosing Barabbas, Jesus stayed silent and took the sentence, which was crucifixion, so that Barabbas the murderer could go free. Could go free. It doesn't matter how little you know about Jesus. He loves you anyway. We look at sin and we want to rate sin. There's nothing in my Bible that says a lie over adultery is any different. So what we do is I'll tell you a little lie. That's not bad. But if I steal from you, that's bad. It's not what the Bible says. My scripture says for, 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 for all, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I said, I don't know what, maybe it was Wednesday night or this morning. You know, maybe it was this morning. I don't take nothing for granted. I don't take my salvation for granted. 
Bible's, the Bible says it. His ways are not my ways, and my ways are not his ways. So I'm, I'm constantly going, Lord, forgive me. From the heart, not just, I'm not joking. I'm, I'm, not, I'm telling you, it's literally, if I look at somebody wrong, or if I had a little bit of hair stand up on my neck because someone tried to cut me over, and now I'm not going to let them cut me off. I know y'all don't experience that. But this old boy is still trying to die out at the flesh. I'm still trying to crucify the flesh, amen. I have not, I've not made it yet. Don't see no halo up here. And you certainly don't see no wings on my back. So I'm still trying to make it into the kingdom of God. But it, 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 hear me when I say you've got to get to the place where if you accidentally let the flesh rise up, you go, Lord, forgive me in Jesus' name. Please forgive me. Got to come to a place. We got to come to the place where, you know, I, I can tell you, I am not worthy. I deserve to be on that cross, not him. I'm not worthy of the blood that was shed on Calvary for my sins. I'm not worthy. I, I thank God he rose because if he had not rose, the Holy Ghost, I'd still be a junkie and everything else or dead, one or the other. Sometimes you have to think and begin and just, just start where we are. You know, uh, when we were in wood shop, they'd give us a piece of wood. You had to start with what you'd given, right? And you had to make something of it. We had to make dial rods sometimes. You had to make dial rods out of, of, of a piece of square wood. And, and, and until you know how to do that with a lathe and you know what I'm talking about, right? I, I know y'all don't do shopping no more, do they? Y'all do shopping school anymore? Huh. What a messed up society we are now. That's why nobody can build nothing no more. They taught us brick land. They taught us how to work on a car. Couldn't work on a car now, but back then we could work on the old things with the carburetor, the screw, adjuster, intakes, and all that. We could work on them, right? We, they taught us how to build, uh, uh, build sheds. They taught us how to do things with our hands. They even made us cook. They made us do home ec, right? I put my foot down when it came to sewing. But my dad taught me how to sew. So and I, that military man up there taught me how to sew. But you hear me? We think we got to be ready. We got to know how to do everything before we're ready to come to Jesus. Uh, and we want to we wanna rate sin. But we can't rate sin because there is no level of sin. Sin is sin. It doesn't matter how little it is. Jesus still loves you and wants to forgive you of your sin. It doesn't matter how far you've ran away from Jesus. He still loves you. God sent his only begotten son for Barabbas, even though he knew that Barabbas was going to lightly take the free gift of grace and not turn back and acknowledge the giver. So when you, so let me just picture, give you a picture again. They didn't, you see the cross? I know the cross. I, we didn't decorate this year like my, we normally do. And, but the cross I spoke about it in Sunday school. The, the cross was a very, the, the Romans had, had really mastered the way to kill people, right? They knew how long it would take me to die after driving the nails into my hands and into my feet. And they knew that the last thing, after I'd hung there in agony for that day, the last thing that they would have to do is shove the spear into my, up, up in my rib cage. They would normally break the 
uh, perpetrator's legs so that they would drown on the fluids in their lung. But because Jesus died before that, his legs were not broken. That's prophesied in the Old Testament. The Bible, but hear, hear, hear me when I say this. A man that loved you and I today before we even he knew about us. He knew whether any of us would say, I love you, Jesus, forgive me of my sins, or whether I'd reject him and be like Barabbas and run away. He knew exactly who he was dying for. His love is so deep and wide. I don't know if you remember the old song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. We used to sing deep. And why? There's a river. Right? I don't remember all them words, but I do know there's parts of them come back to my mind. But that's how much he loved us. That's why it's so important to raise our children in church. That's why it's so important to raise them. So the Bible says that you raise a child in a way that he should go in the word of God, in the house of God. He'll not depart. That means that I departed, right? I departed. If I had not been raised and known anything about the Lord, I would have never come back. Because I would have had no knowledge of it. And I want to say them children did a fantastic job. I wonder how many times in your life you represented Barabbas. Before I bring this to a close, I'd like to bring another person into the story. It was a person who was next to Jesus before he died. On that night of the day of the trial, we find another thief who was not freed, and he hung on the other side of Jesus. This man did not acknowledge Jesus in a positive way at first. As a matter of fact, he was a part of a crowd who laughed at Jesus, poked fun at him, but something changed while hanging on the cross with him. Something this thief saw in Jesus changed his heart to go from laughter to a place of defending him. It was this thief who told one other thief to watch what he says to Jesus as he is of God and does not deserve judgment as we do. Jesus turned to this man and the man looked at him while bleeding to death and said, Lord, please remember me. And Jesus said, son, today you will be with me in paradise. Both Barabbas and this man had sins. Both had an encounter with Jesus. Both had a choice to acknowledge Jesus. But both went two different ways. Two options for us today. You can come in here with all your problems, lay them at the altar, and by the power of God, you can leave without these things. There would be little to no effort on your part, but you would have to leave bound. Because you never took Jesus with you. You can come to the church a few times and receive some nice things and hear some good preaching, but leave over and over and over again with little change that lasts 
for a few days. See, Barabbas shows us how you can receive freedom, but since you didn't turn to Jesus and follow him, your freedom did not last long. Throughout Jesus' ministry, he healed many, but those that he healed were screaming, crucify him. The second option is, is I, present, I present to you is a balance of God's mercy, grace, and power mixed with your great faith. The thief, you see, the thief, the thief on the cross had an encounter with Jesus like Barabbas did, and both received change. However, the, the thief chose to acknowledge Jesus and humble himself in front of Jesus. And because of the encounter with Jesus, the man received change. But this change was lasting because he chose to follow Jesus. God is calling out to you and I, asking you and I to turn our men and women card in. Some see worship as a weak thing. Some see men crying and think that they're weak. But I say they're strong. David was a king in the Bible, and he was hardcore. He was such a hardcore soldier that he would, be, that he would have been a Navy SEAL in today's time. He was around, if he was around today. But the other side of David was his heart for God, that he was known as a worshiper. God is calling on men and women today to stop trying to raise your family by yourself. To stop trying to run your company by yourself. To build your career by yourself. He is calling us to turn to Him. To give Him our all in all. Jesus was one who stood toe to toe against the Roman Empire and defied it. That same power that resurrected him is, the, is available to you and I today. Same power is available to you. That same power. Now I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says don't tempt the Lord thy God. So when I try to witness to people that are on drugs, I don't Stay around that. Okay? God made me wise. That was a weakness of mine. So if I was to witness to somebody in a bar, which the only reason I'd be in there, not because I would be drinking, but because I've been called to come and witness. That's if someone called me like my da- I called my daddy when I was in the bar and I needed help. Right, I would go. I'd be a witness. But I can assure you as sure as two and two is four. I'd have said, come on. We got to go. We ain't staying here. I'm going to talk to you outside. I'm not staying in this place, place of spirits. Why do you think they call a, 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 a bar spirit, where spirits are? All kind of spirits float around. Unclean spirits. I know you all don't understand all that. No, you don't understand drinking, getting to be. The problem is you don't drink, if you, you know, you can't drink a little bit. 
right, let me tell you something. We go, up, we go up to the corner for happy hour. I, I tell them I'm going for one. Well, one o'clock was when I left. Driving home, trying to get home so I could lay down just for a few hours, get back up. I'd go back to work. And I worked that day. They go, we going up to the corner? One. Okay. One. That's it, right? One. One o'clock in the morning. That's what he, we were, I just didn't get it. I was too thick-headed. We were saying to one. God is calling you. God is calling us to partner with him. How many times in your life have, I, have you and I stood at the platform at Pilate and Jesus? How many times in my life have I hung on the cross as a thief next to Jesus? How many times have I tried to free myself and failed? How many times have I tried to fix my marriage or my family by myself and failed? How many times in my life did I try to break the addiction on my own and still find myself bound by it? We all have to come to a place where we accept that we need something more than what we have right now. I've read a bunch of self-help books. It didn't help until I got in the Bible. The Bible helped me. The choice is not going to be made by Jesus nor the preacher, but instead the choice will be made by you. Are we going to take the route in closing? Are we going to take the route of Barabbas and walk away? after an encounter with Jesus and lived like we always have lived? Hear me this morning. This is Resurrection Sunday. Right? This is Resurrection Sunday. This, I, I, I'm preaching to, I'm, re, I'm trying to reach somebody so that you would understand that's my timer. Look, that's pretty good. I'm on, I'm on time. What do you think, Tiana? Good, isn't it? Hey, look at Jesus. I better stay here. How many times did we try to fix things on our own? How many times did I, I, I mean, I, I asked myself, how many services did I go to till I finally said, Lord, everything that I've been doing is just, now some of you may not be messed up like me. I, I get it. You know what I mean? I, I get it. I, I, I understand that some of you are really good and, and healthy and, and well, right? I get that. I get it. And, and, and you may not feel like you're as bad off as I was. And I get that too. But the bottom line is we need the Lord. No matter who we are. No matter how good you are, you still need Jesus. I still need Jesus. So I ask you, let it not just be another time that you go away temporarily changed and think you can do all this on your own. You know, one of the things I will encourage you, when we have worship, it's time to worship. 
You saw them people come up. We don't stop service for that. We, we don't go, no, you can't come up here and pray. Because more, the more we, we have an operation of God's spirit, the better off we are. Right? This, this church is not on a program, as you can tell. We don't have a time schedule, which some of you probably are going, yeah, I realize that. <laughs> but the bottom line is, is we're not rushing Jesus out of the church. We want the power of God. Why do we want the power of God? Because the power of God heals. The power of God delivers. The power of God mends marriages back together. If people will allow him to mend it back together. I know I had the most messed up marriage you could ever have. Been married 37 years. 27 of the best years I've ever had in my life. It's been since I've been serving Jesus. First 10 of those 37 years were the worst years she ever had. I didn't know it was that bad. Well, that's when you know you're not checked in, right? You're checked out. But when Jesus came in, he put a marriage back together that did not deserve to be put back together. Rightfully so, it should have been divorce, biblically divorce. Hear me. I'm talking about a God that's able to restore everything she my best friend she my lover now we walk hand in hand every day when we go out I immediately grab her hand because I love her to death only Jesus could have put my marriage back together I went to a council we went to a, a, a Christian council you know what she said to us? she said you, she said to her she said you need to dump him and run I said time out you're supposed to be a Christian. You're supposed to not be trying to tell her to leave me. You're supposed to be telling her we need to work this thing out. She said, oh, no, you're a messed up person. That'll tell you how messed up was. When a counselor or when a, when a Christian counselor can tell you, you messed up, you messed up. But God. But God. He no longer in the grave. He came out of the grave. He stepped into Keisha's body and healed her body. He stepped into my marriage, healed my marriage. He stepped into my family, healed my family. He's healed many of you. He's our God and our Savior, and there is no one like him. I'm going to stop. Would you stand with me just for a few moments? Uh, I, I'm gonna give you. I want to give you an opportunity. Maybe there's no sin in your life. Maybe you've been a very good person all your life. You've never been like me, and I applaud you for that. But somewhere along the way, after the Lord came back to the upper room just to show himself to the disciples. He said, Terry here. I want you to tarry here for 10 days because the Holy Ghost, the Comforter is going to come. They prayed 10 days. Stayed in this, room, this upper room, locked in. They didn't leave. 
I have ADD or ADT, whatever that is, or, you know, A, 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 yeah, that. So I, I, I have a very short tension span. So I don't, I, I'm thankful that the, the disciples were consistent and faithful to stay there, locked in, praying. Jesus said we must stay here and tarry. Jesus said we must stay here and pray because the comforter's coming. The comforter's coming. The Holy Ghost came into that upper room after 10 days, filled all of them in that upper room with the Holy Ghost. When it, when it began to spew out into the streets, they said to Peter, what is it that we must do? Peter said unto them, you must repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And it didn't say maybe so. It didn't say probably. It said you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which gives you power to tread up on serpents. And I'm not talking about literally just walk out there in a bed of snakes. I'm talking you have power to heal sick. You have power to go to the Father. You don't need nobody else to go for you. You can go straight to him in your closet. You can go to him right where you are in your pew. All you've got to do, if you will, just lift your hand. Begin to say, Lord. Lord. I, I don't know if my life has been a bad life or a good life. But I ask you to forgive me. Because the Bible says for me to ask for that. To repent. It's what the Bible. I, I just do what the Bible says. The Bible said to repent. want to come and repent, you just want to come to the altar and repent and we want someone to pray with you, we'll pray with you. The altar's open. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today. Not tomorrow. Not next week. Don't be like Alan Reynolds saying, let me get good to get God. I had to get God to get good. I couldn't be good. I just couldn't be good without him. But when the Lord, he immediately took drugs. Just like that. I didn't have no withdrawal. He took cigarettes away from me. Two packs of cigarettes a day. I had no withdrawal. I didn't gain weight from quitting the smoking. Everybody said if they quit smoking, they gain weight. I didn't gain no weight. It just cold turkey, boom. And I had no withdrawal. I drank a pint of Jack every morning. Every morning. God took that away from me. I had no withdrawal. I hung out in topless bars quite a bit. God took that desire immediately out of my life. Immediately. I didn't have no desire to be in no place like that. Still did not have my wife back. But he delivered me immediately. Drinking all that. He took all that away. I had a mouth. I don't think I even spoke English for a long time. Until the Lord came in. Everything was an F word or S word or a D word. or All the words, right, that, that really are not good vocabulary words. 
Every once in a while, I'd slip, and immediately condemnation would come on. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. After the Lord took all that desire away from me, taught me how to dad again, taught me how to be a friend to my wife, the Lord spoke to my wife. He said, this is not the plan I have for you. She said, I don't love him. He said, I didn't ask you to love him. He said, I told you that's not the plan I had for you all. She came back. I said, I don't think I'm worthy to be your husband. I think you deserve a better man than I am. I, I still didn't see anything that God had been doing. I didn't even, I mean, nothing was clicking. She lived upstairs. I lived downstairs for almost nine, eight months, nine months, something like that. While God was building that back, we didn't have no marital relationships during that time. We were just friends. God had already started restoring just friendship. Talking, eating together, sleeping in two separate places. Probably nine months into it, God had just totally put that marriage back together. So when I tell you that I serve a God that's able, Alcohol couldn't put Jesus put my marriage back together again. Just out of the lifestyle I was living. So I tell you today, if he was still in the grave, if he was not alive, then I wouldn't be standing before you today to be able to speak to you about the goodness of God, the mercy of God, how powerful he really is. If you will put him first. Two and a half years ago, the Lord made me deal with the, something in my past. I was molested at age 10, raped by two senior high boys. And up until two and a half years ago, and I never talked to you openly about it, let alone even think about it, I rejected it. It ever happened to me. I hid it away. Mom and dad did not know. But the power of God, two and a half years ago, I was sitting right on that front pew. Ryan Near was ministering to our hyphen, talking about a little black box that you've hidden away and you threw the key away. I had buried it so deep that when someone would talk to me about being molested or raped, all I could say was, I'm sorry. God began to deal with me. Immediately, I was weeping to the altar and began to release. It was like, I can't tell you, I, I just felt, it was like almost like a tremendous, just a load came off of me when he 
He said, I would never leave you nor forsake you. He said, you're ready. Told my wife. I said, baby, I said, I've kept something from you for 45 years. I said, I was raped at age 10. But God has healed me, and I need you to know. I don't know why. I, I don't know how God's going to use this, but I need you to know because I don't want you to be caught off guard when God starts to use it. Called my kids in, all my children. I called all my children in. I said, look, I got to tell you. I said, um, I said, I was molested and raped at age 10, and I said, I want you to know. My daughter took psychology, so she... Immediately, she said, now I know why you wouldn't let us wrestle. I would not let her and the kids wrestle. I wouldn't let her and the brothers wrestle. Would not let them wrestle. They were not allowed to wrestle. And they couldn't spend a night in no one's home. The hardest people to tell was my mom and dad. But it took me probably two months, three months. I'd sit at the dinner. I was living with them at the time. I'd sit at the dinner table. And I asked my wife to always be there. I said, I need you to be here with me. I just need you to be here when I go to tell mom and dad. And I would start, and all of a sudden, I would just clam up. Then I would start, and I'd clam up. I'll do it another day. Finally, one evening, both mom and dad, and I said, I said, look, I have to tell you something. I said, I was raped at age 10. And it was our neighbor. My mom wanted to file a lawsuit because there's no statute limitation. So I said, no. I said, God has just healed me and allowed me to forgive him and the other boy. I said, they're in God's hands. I said, they're in God's hands. If they ask for forgiveness, they're forgiven. God has put me on a place in a place that I never thought I would be at ever. So when I tell you God is real. When I tell you God can heal, God can deliver, God can change, God can fix, God can restore, I serve a God that's able to restore. I serve a God that's able to restore. Statistically, statistically, I should either be a, I should be homosexual and I should either be the male role or the female role, feminine, the feminine one. But God. And I got a and my relationship is, is normal with my wife. We've got a good relationship. That's only Jesus can do that. So when I tell you that He is risen, He is alive, He's able to do anything you need Him to do. I serve a risen God.
am an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. By the blood, by the blood. And by the word, my testimony, overcomer. Let's be an overcomer today. I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of my testimony. Every one of you have a testimony. He rescued me. He delivered me. Jesus. And he set me free. Ever since I've been changed, I've never been the same, yeah. I can lift my hands and say, thank you for your grace. His blood, you're an overcomer. And by the word of my testimony, overcomer. Be an overcomer today. I'm an overcomer. By the word, yeah. By the word of my testimony. He saved me. You delivered me. This is the word. And he set me free. Testimony. Ever since I've been changed. I have a testimony. I've never been the same. Testimony. Listen, if you will let him come into your life, you'll never be the same again. This is the word. My testimony. Overcomer. I want to be an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. Lord, I love you. By the blood. Take it one more time. Overcomer. 
desire a relationship with each and every one of us. Amen. And when I say that he's a deliverer, he's a way maker, he's a healer, I speak from experience that only by the grace of God I stand before you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord is speaking to hearts today. Let me, tell, let me just say, I know, it's, I know it's getting late. If you want to pray, you can come pray. But bottom line is, at some point, we've got to give ourselves to the Lord. Stop running. The Lord's coming back. The Bible says, as you see the signs around us, our government is falling apart. The leadership is falling apart. You know, I'm not a political, I don't get all political, but the bottom line is, Sri Lanka, yes, uh, I guess it was yesterday morning, they had six car bombings, 200 people killed. Let me tell you something, America is in trouble. The world is in trouble. They're looking for what we have in God's power and His Spirit. And only, and only through Jesus will we have forgiveness for anyone. Only through Jesus can we love one another and not be divided. And the Lord has spoke to us and saying that if we will, whatever's in our heart, we need to give to Him and He will heal it. Amen. So I encourage you today to just at some point start thinking about making Jesus your savior, your provider, your way maker, because the Lord's coming back. And the Bible says that we need to make ourselves ready and look up from whence our redemption draweth nigh. Amen. 
Every head bowed, please. Father, most, most of all, I want to thank you for speaking to us in that tongues and interpretation of letting us know that you do care about us, that you do want us, that whatever's going on in our heart, in our heart, to give it to you and that you would heal it. I pray for the body today, God, each and every one of us under the sound of my voice, that you would let your word minister to us today. I pray that I'll stop being a Barabbas, Lord, and that I'll be more receiving of you. I pray that you bless each and every one here on Resurrection Sunday, that you bless each and every one under the sound of my voice. God, touch their lives, touch their hearts, touch their family. Minister to their children, Lord God, and them as well. I pray you and will give us safe travels and as we spend time with our family Lord let us not forget why this day is so special because you have risen bless each and every one here today in Jesus name amen and amen amen all our guests please meet us in the link room and uh, we'll see you in the link room God bless you everybody greet one another shake one another's hand God bless you it's good to have you are y'all local? Okay.